On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we take on a classic, but not the archaic one. It's like the 1973 kind. And we travel the country of Florin in William Goldman's The Princess Bride. S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure. And then it's film adaptation, which like the similar name, just a little bit shorter because it's simply The Princess Bride. And we ask the question, what genre is this actually? It's stumped Twitter, let me tell you. <laughs> also, does all it really take to disguise yourself as just a simple black bandana around your eyes, but it, like a mask, but not the whole face. I just want everyone to be clear. It's just the eyes that are kind of covered and not even really that much because the slits in it are, are, are fairly large. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are officially back. We are done with our little hiatus. Jackie's back from traveling because she can't travel right now because she did bathroom parkour and her leg's broken. Um, so she's just sequestered to her room right now with a boot on. Uh, and I've, uh, I'm done moving. I mean, not really. There's still a lot of stuff to do, um, like load my bookshelves. There's like four books on it right now and it fits probably a, a thousand. So, you know, I'm making progress. I just got to unpack the seven boxes, large packing boxes filled with books. Oh yeah. And then like the rest of the house, but who cares about that? So we're here, we're back. We're back. This isn't the first one we've recorded since we're back. It is like the third or something. Cause we've done a couple DNF happy hours cause they're quick, but the princess bride, the long awaited, princess bride so to all of our returning listeners we love you so much and if you're listening to us for the first time this is read watch or dnf a bookish podcast where we mel b and the lovely jackie d hello your hosts uh we drunkenly break down book to screen adaptations we uh flip a coin to see who's gonna read or watch first and then we come together to compare notes and discuss if the order in which we Red watched affected our final reviews. I'm just warning everyone. I've never read or watched this movie before in my life. So this was eventful. And I, I took a lot of um, abuse from the social media because people are like, how dare you've never seen this movie. And I did not know it was offensive. So I apologize to everyone for not having watched this before in my life. I think it might have something to do with the fact that my mother, well, my mother, she also her, but my dad primarily had no idea what was appropriate for children. So I spent <laughs> my formative years watching horror and like serial killer documentaries, th things like that. Right. Okay. So the princess bride really doesn't line up with that. No, no, definitely so does not. I'm just going to need everyone to back off. News, big news. We, I mean, if you're following us on the social medias, we have officially launched our publishing company. It is BDA Publishing LLC because it's it's legit. Other big news associated with the with the publishing company, we have our first writing contest coming up where it's called the Culling, and that is when we will allow submissions. It opens August first, 
So go to bdapublishing.com check out that. We also are still open to panel members because we will be reviewing the submissions uh, via panel. So if you have a pretty extensive and eclectic reading background, uh, go ahead and sign up. You can find the um, form to find it for the panel on all of our social medias. It's on Linktree as well. Or, or you can just, I mean, you can just reach out to any of us or tag us or something and be like, hey, where is this shit? And somebody will give it to you. Also, I've just fell into this and I got sucked back into social media. Not only do I have the Twitter for this podcast, but I also opened up my own Instagram and TikTok and it sucked me back in. And I, I, I already didn't have enough time to do what I need to do. So, you know, here we are. <laughs> F-bomb dedications this episode are going out to who, Jackie? Uh, first of all, our stellar, amazing, awesome marketing team. Hey, Jenna, dudes. Chelsea, Jake, Bucky, Jacqueline. Blue Bear. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Yes. Which, if you're listening, then that is how I'm going to pronounce your name from now on. <clears throat> Uh, it is also my first name, full name, and uh, my family hails from Europe, so we pronounce it the right way. <laughs> Respect. Yes. Uh, you all do such amazing work for us, and your dedication is just, it, it touches my heart. I know it touches it your heart, Mel. It touches and, my heart a lot. Yeah. In, like, inappropriate ways. <laughs> We really, really, really appreciate everything that you're doing for us. And it is really raising awareness and visibility for the company. And we, like I said, I, I can't come up with enough synonyms for appreciate and love. We really like it. <laughs> Bigly. <laughs> so, yes, first of all, our marketing team, you guys are all amazing. Uh, secondly, this is more personal for me. Lisa at Target in Gainesville, Virginia. <laughs> you went above and beyond the other day when I went to get the alcohol for this recording session. Um, so like Mel said, I tried to do bathroom parkour and I'm currently broken. So I get to <laughs> use those scooter things at Target. I went to the soft checkout with a basket full of alcohol, two six packs of Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager, uh, two bottles of Rosa Regale, and a bottle of Chardonnay. And Lisa, you came up and not only did you come to check my ID, but you also rang everything up for me, bagged it, even put the wine bottles in paper bags, and went above and beyond. And you are quite possibly one of the greatest human beings working at that Target, and I really appreciate you. I love how just like just common decency and pretty adequate customer service. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> well, so okay. good. <laughs> Take work, for example. Mm. None of our doors are accessible. None of them. Mm -hmm. People will be standing there having conversations, watching me struggle to open these doors and use my mm -hmm. knee scooter, scooter to get through. And they'll maybe glance at me and be like, huh, look at that. <laughs> That's funny. Look at that freak. <laughs> As I'm almost slamming the very solid door into my foot. The best part about this is that we work for the government. Mm -hmm. 
it's, these are government facilities that <laughs> do not have handicap accessible doors on. Uh, I mean, there are like to get in and out of the building and then some other locations, but it's select. Like if you're going yeah. into your office or a classroom, they don't exist. Yeah. So, so looking at you, OSHA. All right, Jackie, what are we drinking? I personally am drinking a Chardonnay. It's called Juggernaut. And the only reason I bought it was because there was a shark on the label. Wow. Yeah. Because of the book. Shark. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wars. that's right. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah. Jackie, this is very unlike you. You're not one. Like, that sounds like something I would do. I'd be <laughs> like, oh my God, is a shark. I'm going to get this. And then not drink it because I don't like it. One of the big differences between the book and the movie, and we'll get into that later, is has to do with sharks. But that's why I bought it. Mel, what about you? I'm drinking my Rosa Regali. It's my um, my Disney red wine sparkling loveliness. Uh, it's yeah. so good. And Target sells it. It's like one of the only places. So it's like my go-to right now. It's getting me through this uh, this whole ordeal. Not really the book. I'm just talking about the house and putting up books and a lot it's yeah a lot. but the wine the wine's helping i like it a lot <laughs> so we have um a bunch of different cocktails we found but this one is probably my favorite it's the as you wish spritz so it is grape juice gra oh grapefruit juice sorry grapefruit juice gin elderflower liqueur and that's like a saint germain's you can get and uh, Prosecco, and am I missing something? I don't think I'm missing anything. I think that's it. It's just the four. Grapefruit juice, Prosecco, gin, elderflower, liqueur, Prosecco. Did I say Prosecco? Yes. You could put more in it. Maybe twice. It's okay. You could put more in it. It looks, it's yeah. so cute. And they put like a little um, grapefruit slice in it. It's just nice pink and bubbly. And it's, it's, it's cute. I like the pink bubbly foo-foo drinks. Jackie's like, no, I don't, I don't want that. Also because it has gin in it and Jackie won't do that. Gross. Yeah, it's okay. But Jackie, do we have a drinking game? Do we have a drinking game? <laughs> if I compiled all of the rules for all of the drinking games that I found and I stopped after 10 because it was way too much, uh, we'd probably be at a three to four hour episode, but there are a lot of them. <laughs> there's so many. I like our friends in Canada, drinkone.ca, uh, because they kept it nice and simple. Good. Yeah. Uh, drink when anyone says true love, and I'm pretty sure true love for anybody oh, yeah. who's seen the movie at the end. Mm. Yeah. Uh, accounts for that. Anyone says inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using that word. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. I think it means. Yeah. Anyone says Wesley. Anyone refers to the Dread Pirate Roberts. Now, I was wondering if it just was talking about the Dread Pirate Roberts without saying the whole title or when, you know, Andre the Giant's character at the end, I am the Dread Pirate Roberts, um, stuff like that. If you actually say it or just referring to him. 
Uh, I, I just say do what you want. <laughs> I mean, it's it's in quotes. It's anyone refers to quote the Dread Pirate Roberts end quote. So I'm assuming it's everything. Okay. Uh, Why not? Second to last rule. There's a cut to Fred Savage. Yeah. And the final one is Buttercup wears a new outfit. And then I liked on their posting, they included the quote, I do not envy you the headache you will have when you will, when you awake, but for now rest well and dream of large women. That's <laughs> after he defeats Andre the Giants character. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. I, was, yeah. I probably need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the part where we talk about who read first and who watched first. Jackie? I think I definitely watched first, probably sometime around 1987 or 88 when it first came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, since then, I've watched it again repeatedly on both DVD and digital. And uh, I read the 30th anniversary edition on Kindle. Um, by the way, I watched it on Disney Plus because it's available. Mel? Yep. I also watched it on Disney Plus with Jackie as she quoted the whole fucking movie next to me. Just a little bit. A little bit. But I did read first. I read the 25th illustrated. Uh, yeah, 25th anniversary illustrated. It's like a big. I don't know why this book needs to be that big, but it is. It's heavy. It has illustrations in it that I guess are cool. They're, I don't know. I was reading it and looking, I was like, I guess this kind of looks like what I would think, but that, that kind of messed me up because then when we watched the movie, I'm like, that's not how I imagine that at all. <laughs> so it, the only, I think the only characters that I kind of imagined as they are in the movie are because I've seen like memes or gifs or clippets or whatever. I know who like the two main characters are, Wesley and Buttercup, and I, the three, right? So those I'm like imagining like that, but the illustrations don't, um, they don't match that. So I wonder if it's 25 years after it was published, that would, I mean, it was published in 1973 and the movie came out in 1987. So I would just assume maybe the illustrations would be similar to who was casted. Unless the illustrations were from before the movie came out. Who would do that? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I'm just, I'm oh. just saying. I'm just saying. I thought the illustrations were like that. Okay. I don't know. I, that, okay. Jackie could I, be on to something. I read the, what was it? The 35th or the 30th anniversary edition, which came well after the movie, even more than yours. And I had no illustrations that i know of or at least that mm. i paid attention to so mm. okay fine and let's talk about what these uh what these books what this book and this movie is about um, <laughs> i will read the goodreads blurb for you the princess bride is a true fantasy classic it says they're fantasy but we'll talk about that later don't worry william goldman describes it as a good parts version of S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure. Morgenstern's original was filled with details of Florinese history, court etiquette, and Mrs. Morgenstern's mostly complimentary views of the text. 
much admired by academics, the classic tale in quotations, nonetheless obscured what Mr. Goldman feels is a story that is everything. Fencing, fighting, torture, poison, true love, hate, revenge, giants, hunters, bad men, good men, beautifulest ladies, snakes, spiders, beasts of all natures and descriptions, pain, death, brave men, coward men, strongest men, chases, escapes, lies, truths, passion, miracles. <laughs> That's a hell of a list. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. According to IMDb, the five seconds or death description of this movie, a bedridden boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. Cool. Fiend. Fiend. In five words or less. Good job, IMDb. Yeah. Our favorite part. Reviews. I've missed this. Let's get back into it. <laughs> I read first, so I'll go ahead and do the Goodreads reviews. We're only doing, you know, these because we don't care what the critics have to say for this episode. Maybe maybe later we'll, we'll do some critic stuff. But on Goodreads, out of about 170,000 ratings, it's a 4.26 out of 5. I mean, this is definitely one of those cultish stories i think the movie more so than the book but then you have the people that are like deep into the culture of the princess bride so they read the book i'm not judging i'm, I'm just trying to make an assumption <laughs> no so it's 4.2 4.26 out of 5 870 000, like that's massive uh it's a high rating i don't think a lot of people are really flaming this book um but we do have some one stars don't worry don't worry uh out of those 870,000, there are about 24,000 uh, reviews, so people who actually took the time to write. And when I say took the time, I mean they took a weekend <laughs> or they took the length of a term that your professor would give you for a term paper. These reviews are fucking enormous. There's no reason for it. No reason. Like one of them, I'm pretty sure had a thesis, okay? <laughs> Does not need it. Anyway. 52% of the ratings are five stars, so more than half. Four stars is 29%. Three is 13%. Two and one make up about 4%. Yeah, it's not cool to not like this book. All right? First review. Five stars. Now, I only took about two paragraphs of this because this is another dissertation-length review. But it does have something in here where I was like, oh, <laughs> let's talk about this. So first it says, what a charming read. This is one of the few books where I saw the movie first, then read the book. I think William Goldman's book was largely, quote unquote, unknown until the movie came out. Like Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me, based on the novella, The Body, this, this is one of the most accurate book-to-screen adaptations. It is almost verbatim from the book and the few variations. Uh, zoo of death rather than pit of despair, you, you know, have no real impact on the story. Okay, first of all, we have done both mm -hmm. the body and Shawshank Redemption on this. Listen here. I don't think I agree with you. No. I don't think I agree with you. Um, Stand by me? Uh, definitely not. Shawshank Redemption gets a little 
uh, muddy because I think what the film did was the better option for like a visual representation. But no, they no did no verbatim, no verbatim at all. So stop making silly comparisons like this. It's just only going to confuse people. Okay, be better, do better. You're going to tell somebody this that's only watched the movie Stand By Me and Shawshank Redemption, and they're going to go read the novellas, and they're going to be very upset because they Mm -hmm. are not the same. Close, but not the same. Three stars. I am one of the few people in the world who does not think the book is better than the movie here. I don't actually think anyone thinks that this book is better than the movie. No one made that claim. Yeah, I even the five stars, nobody is saying that the book is better. They're just like, they are just so wrapped up in the Princess Bride Kool-Aid. They're drinking it all that they're like, oh my God, this is just as good. I love it. And I love all of you that love the Princess Bride. I'm not mocking you like that much. Um, just a little bit because it's it's a bit weird to me. I'm going to just put it out there. It's a bit weird. It's a bit cultish how many people were just losing their fucking minds anytime I would post about The Princess Bride. How many people were like, I proposed to my wife watching this movie. I'm like, oh my God, okay, good, good. good for you. That's, that's very romantic. But anyway, there is an undercurrent of bitterness in this book that I find off-putting. I think it's because the narrator, it, it's, he's, he's, it, it's a book based on a fictional book. So, and he's like, the publish i don't it's very it's very weird mm-hmm. i'm gonna get into that later all of my complaints but it's okay it's okay she was i am i am given to understand by a friend that those elements uh for example is the autobiograph- autobiographical stuff in goldman's own persona are actually fictional but i found that they soured my enjoyment of the story they framed i couldn't enjoy the writing of a writer who seemed as mythanthropic misanthropic um, and hateful as Goldman. You're saying the same thing. Um, <laughs> came off to me. Uh, oh, T- oh, TPB. That's okay. Now we're shortening it. TPB, not yeah. the Princess Bride. TPB. That sounds weird. It's still a great book, better than three stars, but I couldn't quite bring myself to give it four. Stick to the movie. It has the opposite problem, but you can always fast forward through this saccharine uh, Fred Savage bits. <laughs> I didn't really find them off-putting, the Fred Savage. It's just, he's a little kid. He's a little boy. And I actually think it was kind of cool that they used a little boy instead of like a little girl telling him about princesses and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I like that. Why, why are you hating on Fred Savage? I mean, unless we're supposed to. I don't know if he's done anything crazy lately. I haven't heard anything, so I'm going to stick with Fred Savage's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit on the indifferent and somebody will let me know if he's been canceled or not. We can ask the girls. Yeah. like They're not going to know who he is. No, Annabelle does because she uh, watched the Boy Meets World sequel on Disney. Girl Meets World. Excuse me? The series on Disney. What are you talking about? Sequel? you remember Boy Meets World, right? Yes, I watched it every day when I got home from school. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Topanga. the guy that played the main character is mm-hmm. Fred Savage's younger mm-hmm. brother, Corey Savage. Mm-hmm. And they came out with a Girl Meets World, which is him and Topanga, their family, 
and it's his daughter that is the main character and fred savage also shows up in that i was not aware of this glad i could educate you did it do well i don't know and why are they bringing back in like a millennial nostalgia show to reboot it when their audience is a whole bunch of kids that have no idea what Boy Mate World is. I have no idea. Okay, now I'm going to look at this after. Thank you, Jackie. You're You're going and asking questions, and I thought that we decided we weren't going to. I know. Anymore. You are absolutely right. I apologize to everyone out there. We don't ask questions. Okay. Except for the first two that we ask at the beginning intro. Yeah, um, those are the only yeah, ones. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. It, usually we don't. Sometimes we just forget about it. So Yep. <laughs> I have two one stars. I put this one in here, the first one, just because it's funny. It has like literally no bearing on the story whatsoever. It goes one star. I wrote a one star review for this almost nine years ago when I was 13. Please ignore this. <laughs> I like that they came back and they're like, listen, I was 13. That says it all, right? Like, yeah. We don't trust anything you have to say. All right, here, this one. One star, short version. I abhor this book. If I had if I had read it before the movie came out, I never would have bought a ticket. Dang. Long version. Let me tell you why, with apologies to DP Roberts. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Okay. DP Roberts. We are also sorry, DP Roberts. Yeah. Seriously. How can I be the only person who didn't love this book? I ad- I adore the film, so expected to at least like the book. But the clever dialogue delivered by the talented actors in the movie with such vim and dread, piratey vig- vigor, did not, all caps, come across on the page for me. And the inter- interminable author asides, nobody likes the author, fabricated conversations with a fictional editor, question mark, really, question mark, come on, dot, dot, dot. It don't get me started on the literary device employed to who knows what purpose. The whole, this isn't my story. I'm just a conduit funneling the good parts. Affection drove me batshit. (laughs) So I think I'll avoid Goldman's fiction in the future and wait for him to return to what he does best. Write screenplays. Look for me soon at a theater near you. Yikes. (laughs) Let me tell you the ways. (laughs) <laughs> That's what you're Good Lord. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. On to IMDb. It has overall an eight out of 10. Uh, it's about 430,000 ratings and of those 970 reviews. Just Wait, it has less, ra- it has half the ratings than the book does. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. Half the ratings and a mere tiny fraction of the reviews. Only 970 reviews. But overwhelmingly, people like it because 10 was 25.8, 9 was 20.7, 8 was 25.3, and 7 was 15.7. Going down to 1 out of 10, it was 1.2%. So again, this is not a popular movie to dislike. Yeah, not cool to not like. Don't do it. Peer pressure. <laughs> Cave to it. 10 out of 10. You can't remake this movie. I mean it. Would anybody like a peanut? Which I don't 
understand what that means. Maybe I'm too old. Who knows? Mm. To call The Princess Bride a classic is to understate its significance. The Princess Bride is not only a great movie, it is above all else a good, all caps, movie. It unites us as a culture and reveals within our collective nature a longing for the simple times when heroes were righteous and pure, villains were dastardly and vile, redemption was always possible for the wayward soul, and true love could overcome any obstacle. I pray we can find those days again. This is a person who is nostalgic for something that never existed. (laughs) Even in this movie, because villains, the villain... Prince Humperdinck does not come off as dastardly and vile for the majority of the movie. He comes off as kind of dim-witted. Yeah. Yeah. And not big and burly and could take down a bear with his bare hands. Exactly. The only clues to his hunting abilities are when he's going through, he's like, there was a duel here. Oh, yeah, his his impeccable tracking skills. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. In your puffy sleeves and your skirt. (laughs) Five out of ten, cute, but dot, 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 okay. The movie is cute. With some clever lines, but among the top 120 movies of all time, please. You haven't seen enough movies. Which Wait a minute, I, 120? It's, so it's a top 120? Of all so, time, yeah. So did somebody like do a top 100 and realize that Princess Bride wasn't in there? So they went down to like, shit, it's 118. Yeah. We have to make this top 120. Probably. <laughs> I, I would put my money on it. I'm not even going to lie. Go ahead. I would agree with you, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so please, you haven't seen enough movies. I personally got a little bored with all of the witty diatribe, sort of the way I felt after watching three episodes of Moonlighting with Bruce Willis's eternal cuteness. So first, right here, that person is dating themselves because Moonlighting is from the 80s. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it was what, Bruce Willis and uh, shit, who else was in that? Uh, you, you keep going, I'll look it up. Yeah. Too much of anything is not very good. This is a good movie with which to pass a pleasant rainy afternoon or even to watch with a first date, but it only masquerades as a classic and only then with the teen or thereabouts set. I like the Inigo character and Andre even did an acceptable acceptable job as an actor. You're slurring already. Yeah, I know. I've had like over half a bottle of wine and nothing to eat today. Uh, And Andre even did an exceptional job as an actor, but I felt no compassion for Robin Wright as the bride. And it's that, and isn't that what the whole story is about? I don't think so, but whatever. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's uh, Sybil Shepard. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And our final review, one out of 10. Funny the first time, but then you see the flaws. It was funny the first time I saw it, but then on subsequent viewings, you start to see the flaws. The acting was wooden. Andre the Giant, surprisingly, was actually pretty good, considering the awful acting he had to play off. And Peter Falk was excellent, as always. But most of the rest of the lines could have been bred by a piece of plywood. Damn. 
The plot had more holes than a block of Swiss cheese that lost a machine gun fight. Oh my God. At least the music was very well done. If you want some laughs, then watch it once, but don't watch it twice. After you get done laughing, you realize you weren't laughing at anything of substance, which begs the question, are you supposed to be laughing at stuff of substance? What is the substance? I think that's the whole point of the movie. There's not, that's the whole point of the book, the story. There's, there's not any actual substance. I hope yeah. I'm not hurting anyone's feelings out there because I'm telling you right now, that's my impression. This is as shallow as you can get. Yeah. Okay. And I get into my review how this is meant to be an escape. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah. It is not highbrow political satire at all. Not at all. It is satire making fun of satire. Yeah, it's just supposed to be enjoyable, just an escape to make you forget all the shitty things that are happening in your life. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 All right, we got a big cast here. This is a surprisingly big and well-known cast. I think we know most of the people in here because we watched the shows that they were in and the movies they were in back then. And then the stuff they grew up into. Mm -hmm. um, so first, Wesley, we have uh, Carrie Yules. So he was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. We both were shocked on this because uh, the Mars Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And we were like, where, when, who, how? And then Jackie and I both had to admit that we actually have not completely watched the show. <laughs> I watched the first two seasons and then made it halfway through the third and I was so disheartened because the first the first season, it's like, oh, my God, this is a masterpiece. This is going to be everything. And then the second season, I'm like, okay, this is hilarious. I love the whole, you know, Catskills thing. Like, I'm with it. It's funny. Then the third, I'm just like, wait, what's happening here? What? Okay. And then they did that little, like, midway break, and I just never went back to it. I'm telling you right now, don't stop doing the breaks in series, Okay stop putting the episode like even on netflix they do this they did it with the witcher they put out like a couple episodes and then you have to wait or whatever and they put out the next stop doing it the only thing that brought me back to watch it is because my husband put it on i had legit forgot about it and that's saying a lot because this is the last season that henry cavill's in y'all mm -hmm. need to stop putting the break that's the reason i never finished watching grim because they're like we're gonna go on a little hiatus and we're gonna split this stop stop doing that my ADHD can't handle it. Best part about Carrie Yules, though, Saw. It's so crazy to see the change. Because, like, okay, Robin Hood Men in Tights is still on that level of, like, it's funny, it's quirky, it's shallow. Um, whatever he did in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Stranger... Where was he in Stranger Things? He was, he was one of the doctors. But not the doctor, not Papa. Oh. Because that's that's what's his face from um, Full Metal Jacket. He's different. Yeah. He's like a crazy holistic medicine vegan now or something like that. But not Carrie Yules. So I don't know what, what he was doing in Stranger Things. And I've watched all up. those episodes. All right, you do that. I'm going to go on. Then we have Inigo Montoya, who's played by Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin? Patinkin. Patinkin. I can never say his name. I just always remember him as uh, what's his name from Homeland. And now I can't even remember what his name was in Homeland. 
I don't either. Um, but real quick, um, mm-hmm. Wesley, he was Major Larry Klein. Sure. He was in it. Look, IMDb doesn't lie, right? It's on the yeah. internet, so. <laughs> but I do, Mandy um, Patinkin is, he's been in a lot of stuff. And I also follow him on, um, he does a lot of TikToks. Oh, with his wife because his son comes and like films. He doesn't film himself, but I love his videos because him and his wife just live like the most normal life. Mm-hmm. And he's like your normal old man. He's got all his like bookshelves that are stuffed with books. That's probably going to collapse. Probably hasn't, nothing's been moved in 50 years. It looks like your grandparents' house as we're I mean, obviously it's, it's a very upscale. There's some nice stuff in there but it's, it's just like your, your grandparents, like kind of cluttered, but kind of hoarderish, but also neat house. He, he yeah. probably has a lot of first editions on his bookshelf. I, I would not doubt that. No. Then we have Prince Humperdinck, who's played by Chris Sarandon. And he is, he is one of those people where you know the face because you've seen him in like some show somewhere. He's always like doing like cameos. He's never like in the show wholly. He just shows up and does a few episodes. Like I'm pretty sure he's in Law and Order at some point playing a lawyer. Like, I mean, I, I'm, Any I'm, I would, one put, of them. Money, I yeah. would put money on it. Any one of them. SVU, whatever. They're, they're all there. So yeah, Chris Sarandon. Then we have uh, Count Rugen. So this is Christopher Guest. This is a, a favorite of Jackie. Um, it's the mockumentary, like he's the A-team when it comes to those. So you have Spinal Tap, Best in Show, and then we have Waiting for Guffman and A Mighty Win. Best in Show, I'm telling you right now, that movie is so fucking funny because I'm almost positive it's true. <laughs> And if you haven't seen it, it's like a think of the office, but like that kind of documentary, but it, they're doing it of the like um, the dog show circuit. And it has such an amazing cast. Uh, hold on one second. Best mm-hmm. and show. I need to get names right. So Eugene uh, Levy, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, who is yep. amazing. Jennifer Coolidge, who is one mm-hmm. of my absolute favorites uh fred willard you have so many parker posey is in that movie she's in a couple of them actually and mm-hmm. a couple of those mockumentaries it just i love christopher Guest. is it eugene levy and Catherine o'hare aren't they the ones that are uh in schitt's schitt's creek yep yeah they're yep. perfect together yeah <laughs> david ew <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have so many gifts and memes of them that I've actually never watched an episode of it, but I think I could quote the entire s- series. Yes. Every episode. Yep. Yep. Huh. Then we have Vicini, who is Wallace Shawn. He's the short little, little dude with the lisp. Um, probably most known for being the voice of Rex in Toy Story and Mr. Hall and Clueless. Those He also is in Mrs. Mar- uh Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Who fucking knows? Everyone has been in this show, okay? And then also, uh, most recently, would be Young Sheldon. But Toy Story and Clueless are probably what he's known the most for outside of this movie. 
Then we have Fezzik, who is played by Andre the Giant. His name is Andre Rene Rusimov. Rosimov. Rosimov. Andre the Giant. Who's calling him by he's... his full legal name? I don't know. <laughs> so he he's done a couple cameos and things, no true acting, but they put him in this because the dude, uh, uh, Fezzik in the book, he's described as being absolutely massive, talking about looking like a 40-year-old man when he was six. Mm -hmm. Not an exaggeration. So they, they brought in Andre the Giant, and I will agree with that one review. They're like, Andre was cool. He was. <laughs> he was actually really cool. He was probably yeah. the most believable one in there. And I actually don't, when she said, or he or whoever, I think it was a she, when they were saying he was even good in spite of like who he was acting against. I mean, he was just with either Wesley um, Buttercup or the uh, Vizzini. They were fine in Inigo. Mm -hmm. Those are probably the best ones in the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just take Wesley and Buttercup out for a second. But you have uh, Vizzini and Inigo. They, like, what did they do wrong? Nothing. Nothing. So the three of them were fantastic. I don't want to hear any Andre the Giant or the trio hate. Stop it. Don't do it. Grandson, Fred Savage. We've talked about him a bunch, what he's been doing. He's um, Wonder Years, Deadpool 2. I didn't know that. Yeah. Deadpool 2. I'm going to have, and I've seen that. All right, whatever. Made himself, yeah. I know he does a lot of Christian stuff. Now he does, yeah. 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 Like a lot of Christian stuff. Because anytime at work, if somebody had Fox News up and they had those commercials, it's him like this new feature out and you look at it and it's like somebody filmed that with not an iPhone because iPhones can do a good job. Somebody filmed this with like a Nokia thousand like back in the day. Or a Samsung. It doesn't even do video. Yeah, or a <laughs> Samsung or like a camcorder with actual tape. <laughs> Buttercup is played by Robin Wright. I like Robin Wright. I like her a lot. Um, this was her first major role. And I remember when she comes up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, she looks so young. Yeah. So young. What? <laughs> then she was in Forrest Gump. She's Jen Nye, obviously. Jen Nye. Yep. I might not be a smart man, but I know but what I know love what is. Love is. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman in the Justice League. She's House of Cards. Big thing. And then she's the one that took over when after What's-His-Face did all the nasties came out yep yeah. and they kicked them off and a bunch of other crazy. stuff wasn't wasn't she married to um james cameron uh i know she was married to sean penn yeah i don't know about james cameron wait who was that let me that let might me, be somebody wait I'll look her up. <laughs> we're so we're so prepared we're like it's been a while sorry it has but it wasn't she married? Like the and she was no, no, it's not her. It's not her. I'm don't listen to me. Stop. Don't listen to me. I was thinking about the Terminator bitch. Stop. I don't ask me why I put them together. It's not, it's not her. It's not her at all. My bad. The grandfather, Peter Falk, Columbo. Listen, if you're a millennial who watched TV with your grandparents, you know who Columbo is. Okay? Stop it. He had the the wonky eye, Columbo. And he he is Columbo in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he does he does he nothing looks else. Like other him. Than yeah, he, yeah, he looks like him. Yeah, it's nothing else. 
And then special shout out to Billy, uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, absolute masters of their craft. They play Miracle Max and his wife, Witch Valerie. <laughs> I will say, so there's a there's only a few characters that I really knew for a long time from this movie, even though I hadn't seen it. It's because, you know, clips and people talking about it or gifts or memes or something. And these are two of them. And actually for a while when all the memes were big or I would see clips of them. I didn't know that they were in this movie. Oh yeah. I just, I just knew they were fucking funny. I knew they were Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. So I knew they're funny, but I didn't know until just recently that those scenes are from this movie. So don't judge me. Now I know. No judgment at all. It's okay. You can judge a little bit. This is where we break down now. We go through, pick apart. I will say that the changes that are made are are quite trivial. They're shallow, to say the least. And it also because I don't really think anything in the book or the movie matter. (laughs) So you can, like, swap them out. I mean, you have your main characters, and that's really all you need. Uh, Big thing, though, is you start off, and it's just immediately Buttercup and Wesley are, I love you. I love you. Uh, she's living in a horse stall. I don't know what she's doing, but her parents are not there. And that's a big thing not in the, in the book. Mo- yeah, not yeah. in the movie. Because yeah. in the book, it's like the first first 200 pages of this are just her and her parents talking about cows and her being mean to Wesley. Why didn't they show that? Why didn't they show that part? Why didn't they make this like an enemies to lovers type thing? Because uh, she was a complete and utter bitch in the book. She was. Yeah, she was. And they tried to make that apparent in the movie, I think, when she was just like, when the grandfather is narrating and he just says that Buttercup liked to give him a hard time. Yeah, but that just makes it, it made it seem like, you know, kids on the school grounds, right? The playground that are like, oh, he's just doing that because he likes you or she's just yeah. making fun of you because she likes you. Because that's really all it comes down to is because children don't understand this, but when you go out of your way to interact with somebody, it's it's because you you do like them and you want to mm-hmm. be around them. And they're like, no, they're just this, this, and this. And it's like, right, so why why can't you ignore them yeah. if you don't like them? I have this yeah. conversation with my kids every every week or so. Do you know that so-and-so is doing this? And I said, I'm like, why are you even talking to them? Do you like, do you like, is this your friend? No, I hate them. Okay, leave, just stop. So that's what it makes it seem like in the movie is that they're just forced proximity. We're just like a bed shy of a one bed trope in this opening of the movie. And then I got lost. I also, because I was probably distracted and on my phone, who knows, uh, which is not the right answer because it's the first time I was watching it. So I should have paid better attention. But what happened to the whole like her being dirty, the count coming out to the house? I didn't even understand it in the book, but it happened. I know in the book they talk about how there were how many great beauties in the world up until that point, And she was the most recent great beauty. And I don't even understand in the book why the count came out there. Yeah, I, uh, maybe I she was know. seen somewhere at some point, and somebody's like, "Hey, she's pretty good looking," and the count's like, yeah. "I gotta check that out." I didn't understand that. Uh, they didn't touch yeah, didn't on know. that 
at all in the movie. Or her being filthy and a brat. Yeah. Yeah. Which I understand if they had put everything from the book into the movie, then it would have been probably a five hour movie. Something mm. like that. Because the other big thing was they had a lot of backstory for Fezzik and Inigo in mm-hmm. the book that was not in the movie at all. They just kind of touched on it. They just kind of like poked it a little bit. And then yeah, there's actually, these are the lines that give you the backstory. Inigo's little like um, line that he says, I am Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Right. That one. Yeah. That is essentially his backstory. Then you have Fezzik where it's Ficini who says to him in a line, he's yelling at him or something because that's what he does. Yeah. He goes like, oh, you mean like when I picked you up in, in Greenland and you were jobless? That's yeah. the gist of his backstory. But he's also, he's supposed to be Turkish. Yep. But that wasn't, I think they said something where he's, he's not, he's not Turkish. Again, it doesn't really matter. None of it actually matters because it, it has no bearing on the story whatsoever. But then also, Ficini, there's something about him that I remember. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. In the movie? Yeah. I'm going to draw a blank. I don't know if something, there was something about Ficini that I, oh, 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 this is what it is. His, the gist of his backstory is they give the line, like, it's inconceivable. And he's like, you keep saying that. But here's, because I read the book first and I watched it, I was a little irritated because this was actually interesting in the book to show how calculating and fairly smart Ficini is. Because in the book, he goes into why it is inconceivable. Like he gives the reasoning for why he is using that word. Mm-hmm. And he's not using it wrong. He's just wrong. Mm-hmm. So... You keep saying it. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think. <laughs> but he, but it's, but it's not true because he's using the word properly. Yeah. It's just Vicini himself is so arrogant. He's wrong. Yeah. That's all it is. And I kind of was like a little let down that the boat chase wasn't as, I think it was more action packed in the book. That was the one reaction that I actually told you about when I was reading the book, because I'd seen the movie so many times, I was so used to hearing the shrieking eels. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the book, and it was just kind of a letdown that it was shark infested waters. I'm like that. Yeah, I didn't get that. That's, that's not shrieking eels, though. Why, why, why would they change it for the movie? And the only thing that I can think of is that the shrieking eels were easy to recreate with um, the Jaws type puppet things yeah. in the water yeah. instead of having to do full blown sharks. So yeah, they took the easy way out. And also, they were already doing that at that time with the yeah. Jaws movies. Yeah, but, but that's a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, Portraying shrieking eels is a lot easier than portraying shark-infested waters. But you're also, thinking- maybe not, though, because you can just do the fins. You don't even have to do the head. They did the whole head of, yeah. head of the eel. But to get the full effect, you need to have shark teeth and heads and stuff like that. Oh, Because it was very apparent in this movie they were trying to go for authenticity. 
No, I, I'm not saying that <laughs> it, it has to do with authenticity, but I mean, when when you're thinking shark infested waters, it's not just fins. Probably it's seeing the whole. See, body this is Jackie's shark. been indoctrinated into the Princess Bride cult, so she's never going to change her mind. She's like, no, I want this really obscure animal that they need to recreate. Also, it doesn't exist, so I need that as well. If you don't show me it, I don't believe it because well, that's that, what the movie had. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that I read was the shrieking eels is what gives you the first hint that you're in a fantasy world. It's not a real world. But now we go back to the book, but the book's just sharks. Yeah. Actually, there's nothing in the book that describes anything that's fantastical. Having a, a witch and a like a medicine man miracle dude is not really. I mean, witch could just be she does potions and you know herbs. The only there's thing no magic would, in the book. Well, the only thing that I would say is kind of fantastical, not necessarily magic, but fantastical would be the rodents of unusual size. Possibly, possibly, but you can. Have, I mean, maybe be, it was just a capybara that they. Well, yeah, and that's it. what I'm saying. It's it's <laughs> something that already exists, but for some reason it's acting out of character. Yeah. I think when it comes down to fantasy, I'm I am of the camp where I'm going to cut that out because I mean, I do you know, like I do have like a like education in this in a, in a degree. So I'm just going to use it cuz that's where else am I going to use it? Um, when it comes to fantasy, this actually doesn't follow any of the rules of fantasy or it has the foundation for it. The nope. only thing it could kind of allude to is sort of this socioeconomical, political thing that's going on between Florin and Gilda. But it's not really. It's just sort of like, we don't like each other. Kill the princess so we can start a war. It, there's nothing else. <laughs> okay, so for my thing... For some reason, people associate knights with chainmail and fantasy. Yes. They are yes. not one and the same. Just because oh. there are knights wearing armor and there's chainmail involved and people are fighting with swords does not make it fantasy. You know who also had knights and chainmail? Um, Braveheart, based on William yeah. Wallace, which is nonfiction. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's not fantasy. <laughs> well, the movie kind of is Fiction. It's fictional, uh, but it's yeah. based on actual, like, a person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, this 100%, and when you told me about that poll you started, and I immediately went on, and I said, no, it's adventure. It is not fantasy. So, Jackie or romance, really. Blew the dust off of her Twitter account and logged in just to vote in the poll. So, I think I put... I put romance, fantasy, adventure, and comedy. And it was so close. I should have let it run for a little bit longer, but we're at, um, it was over 1,200 votes, over 20,000 views, and the people are still commenting on it now. Uh, but finally at the end, adventure won out. And it was like 29% to 26, 26, and like 20, or 23 uh, very, 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 very close. I don't even think the math maths on that. So don't quote me. No. I'm not, I don't have it up. I'm not looking at it. 23, 23. It doesn't math, but it was very close. Okay. Adventure wins though. 
Adventure did win. And I was surprised because for a minute there, it kind of looked like romance or comedy we're going to. And there's no. so many people that commented just, this is my favorite. Either they go, it's all of them. Or they'll put like E, all of them, all of the above. Or they'd say, just answer with yes. <laughs> yes. So, or they like do a combination of the word. Like, of course, it's ro romantic comedy venture. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's cute, but uh, sure. And I don't think it really matters. Um, but interesting fact, I put it up there, and then one of our uh, moots, Michelle Frank, she does the she that the weird um, like fantasy book that I read from her that I fucking love. She's the one that came. She's like. You know, it's funny that you asked because, you know, when they first put it out, they didn't know how to market it because they didn't know what it was. And I think, I think maybe it, we still don't. I think it aligns a little bit more with adventure. Somebody did say like fairy tale ish, but I think you can put adventure and fairy, fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can hold the same place, but not always. Uh, but yeah, this is just one of those stories that's different. And I think because it sort of is, um, satire for it's a political satire but it's funny because the book itself is not the political satire the book is supposed to be based on this political satire which is fiction yeah um, and political satire is actually a genre but i didn't want to throw that out there and make people angry <laughs> just get canceled real quick like who the fuck do you think you are angry or confused but yes, like yes. for me the four that you put out there adventure honestly is i think the most plausible one because mm -hmm. we've read a shit ton of fantasy mm -hmm. and i haven't really delved into high fantasy or anything like that but just regular fantasy this does not meet that criteria no romance even though there is a love story it's wesley and buttercup I don't think that that is the overarching theme. And because you could uh, make them it? friends and it would still work. True. Or, or yeah, siblings they, or something. Yeah. They could be best friends from birth and onward and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I don't think that. I think honestly that adventure is the best category to throw this in. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you look at the list of um, and the synopsis of it. All brave men, <laughs> coward men. It's just going yeah. through very much like it's very quest like. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Prince Humperdinck and that whole thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in the book, he reminds me of like a big brutish dude mm -hmm. who's like he he's like a, a wannabe Chad or something, right? He just wants to do his thing. He's got his zoo of death, which sounds quite awful, to be honest, quite brutal mm -hmm. and very violent, but it's supposed to be funny, I guess, where he's like fighting gorillas with his bare hands or, or orangutans. I think that's what it was. He's fighting an yep. orangutan. Like, a why? <laughs> why are you doing this? And he has different levels where they, I guess they get more advanced as he goes up. He just wants to beat them with his bare hands very alpha stupid <laughs> but i think he's supposed to be he's supposed to be like really big they call him barrel chested um very broad like even yeah. the way he walks they talk about it but then you have like 
Prince Humperdinck in the movie. He's, he's kind of pretty. He's dandy. Definitely yeah. dandy. Yeah. Whereas the description in the book is not. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. It, the, but the character in both the book and the movie seems like the type to sit there and mansplain everything to you all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. just men in general. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Yeah. He, hmm, I don't know. I, hmm. It's hard for me to go like, well, you know, based on this, maybe it was a good decision. I can't because I literally, I'm just going to say this again. People are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> And I feel like this is a betrayal to all of our besties because everyone's like, oh my God, did you like it? How was the movie? What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? And you know, I know what they're really saying is you loved it, right? You loved it. Tell us that you loved it. And I was just like, it's cute. It was cute. So when (laughs) when the movie finished the other night and I asked you what you thought, you're like, it was cute. That hesitation right there told me everything I needed to know. And I was actually talking to Nick the other day. I'm like, Mel hated it. (laughs) I know she hated it. So I was talking to Steven, my husband, about this. And I think this is what the issue is. I did not watch this movie, nor was I introduced to this movie during my formative years. True. I am a grown ass adult now who is not jaded by anything. Okay. I'm just cynical to say the least. So there's nothing in this that I could relate to or pull and be like, oh my God, that's so cute. That's romantic. Oh my God, Wesley, daddy. No, none of that. It was just like, <laughs> I was like, Andre the Giant has big hands. <laughs> really big hands, like the size of my face, big hands. Yeah. Or he did. It just seemed like a... Rest in peace. Oh, yes, yes. R.I.P. That's what happens with those type of conditions. (sighs) Should we just get into our reviews then? Okay, because there's really nothing else that's super big that that changes. And also, like I said, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I think you could have thrown anything in there and people would still just absolutely love it. Okay. Jackie, I'm going to let you go first, even though I read first, but I'm going to let you give exactly how you feel about it and your opinions, and then I will shit all over them. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Expected and acknowledged. Thank you. So the book, keep in mind that I wrote this review a couple months ago after I first finished reading the book because shit keeps happening. So it's been a minute. So first ever, wait for it. Five out of five on the book. This is only after one read. I guarantee you, if I read this book a second time, that would change drastically. Were you just like revisiting? You're basically watching the movie in your head as you're reading. Yeah, because I've watched the movie so many times while I was reading the book, I could picture everything that was happening. Okay. Okay. I really enjoyed the story itself and the asides from the author. So the one review that you read for the book, they couldn't stand that. I actually enjoyed it. I liked it. Oh, really? His like talking to fictional people? 
Yeah. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. I just kind of appreciated the commentary. Um, the movie, I'm going to give a nine out of 10 because I still, for some reason, have a difficult time giving a 10 out of 10 to a movie. If I had just watched the movie and never read the book, then I probably would give the movie 10 out of 10. But I think that there were some things missing from reading the book to watching the movie. Um, I still think it was wonderfully cast and I think the story is amazing. I've never gone into this movie thinking that I was going to get something deep ever. It is an escape. 100%. Nothing more. Mm-hmm. And I'm also kind of thinking maybe given the rash of remakes that are coming out recently, if they're going to try and redo this, I hope not. I haven't heard any like talkings about it. Cause I, I would assume something like that would just go. People would go feral if it got out. Probably. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you need to make a reboot. Like it the, just, the movie is what it is. Like it doesn't need updated graphics or anything. It's just, uh, it's like trying to remake a Monty Python. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. No. I hope they don't. Don't you ever stop. <laughs> do not don't even think somebody's the out there. Life of Brian, yeah. anything. <laughs> Please stop it. Don't bro- yeah. Or like a Mel Brooks, um, movie. Can you imagine if they remade Spaceballs? People would riot. Yeah. People would riot. Okay. Well, what are your feelings that totally disagree with mine on the book and the movie? Garbage. I DNF DNF the book. I couldn't. Okay. I skimmed through. I was was like 80% done, but it was really to the point where I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do this. Mm -hmm. Get it. People are going to hate me. They're going to cancel me. (laughs) Uh, I just thought the book was like, the only thing that made it more than just like a children's or like a young reader's book is because all the bullshit interjects that the author was doing. That's it. And, And I'm just still angry for the fact where I'm like, wait, am I supposed to read this first part? All his his backstory, the publishing of the bullshit. Is that part yeah. of it? I I was confused about that part too. Or did, or was it just like literally six different forwards in this book? I'm like, is it because I have a 25 year special anniversary illustrated edition hardcover? Like, is that why I have all this? Yes. Then. Then I was on page like a hundred and something. And I realized I'm like, have I hit a chapter yet? (laughs) And then it had the audacity, like 60 pages later to be like two. Yeah. It's like a 400 page book. And there's like literally seven chapters. I remember that uh, message with the Twitter, the tweet on Twitter. <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. nobody told me Princess Bride did not have chapters. Yeah, and I don't even know if that's true now. I mean, maybe it does. <laughs> maybe those are the chapters, but does that count? That's not a chapter to me. That's yeah. not a chapter. I'm sorry. When you get into the double digits, that's not a chapter anymore. And yes, I'm yeah. talking to you fuckers out there with your 30 page. Cha- I don't need it. What if I have to pee? 
I am not the type of person that can just close a book on a random page. Stop it. It hurts. <laughs> and it was giving me flashbacks of interview with the vampire where oh, I was geez. Like, because there was a lot where it just felt like a fucking nonstop monologue. Cause he's like, Oh, and it, uh, here's, you know, this is the publisher that isn't real because now I feel like I was gaslit this whole time reading this book. Cause I'm like, wait, is this really what happened? Is the other book real? And I'm like trying to look it up. I'm like, what is this other book? Who writes like that? No, it's not. So it made me feel stupid and I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate books that do that. I didn't hate it, hate it. I did DNF it, but just because I DNF a book does not mean it automatically gets one star. I've actually given several DNFs uh, three stars and I think I'm going to do that here. This is my white bread and milk three star review. Okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But there was more of the frustration than there was of the this is cute. There's a handful of sections where I was like, oh, this is cute. This is cute. I like this. This is funny. Oh, that's okay, cool. And then I'm like, fuck, he's talking about the publisher again. And I skimmed. I skimmed so hard. I was skimming for my life, Jackie. It's the only way I was going to get through this book. <laughs> now, the movie. I did not hate the movie. I enjoyed it as for what it is. It's cute. It's quirky. It's silly. It doesn't try to be anything other than that. So I respect that. Is this a movie that I'm watching on a first date? No. And there's a lot of people who came at me with that. Like we watched that first date. I proposed to my wife during this movie. Our first child was born and we watched this movie. Like that's the kind of shit people were throwing at me. Like, what is this? So I totally respect it because I have movies that I am that way about of because I watched it as a child. It's just, so, there's so much nostalgic. There's so much other stuff I bring to it. The only problem for me though, is those movies are not appropriate for children. Because one of those movies for me is The Exorcist. <laughs> Jesus. So The Exorcist to me is the prince, princess bride to like a majority of the population. So I understand it. I respect it. I will never judge you for being cultish about this because I, I am definitely cultish about certain things and I respect it. But I think watching it as a grown adult, like in my late, 30 like, like this I, mm -hmm. mm -mm. it's just not doing those things for me it's a different experience for somebody in their 40s watching it again after having watched it throughout their entire life yeah yeah for you it's so ingrained in your psyche that you're yeah. it just all of the like serotonin and shit is going off the minute it comes on like that title mm -hmm. scene and your brain's just like oh this is good times remember remember yeah. all the good times before life went to shit that's what you're getting <laughs> from this movie so i i respect it and i understand it wholeheartedly but it's not um it's it's not that for me <laughs> will i put it on again like force my daughters to watch it fuck yeah i'm gonna sit their asses down and be like watch this movie um, but it's more like a form of torture than like, let's spend family time. It's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
Like watch <sighs> this is a movie from my childhood lies because I never saw it. Like, okay, how this is a better example or I did watch the shit out of the never ending story. Mm -hmm. So in Stranger Things, when that came up, I'm like, I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah. I'm there. Like, I'm like, I want somebody to propose, propose to me while we're watching the never ending story. That's the feeling I get. So those are like about the same time. So I can understand. Maybe it's like you have to be like team Princess Bride, team never ending story. And maybe I didn't care when I was younger about a supposed love story or like princess nights. I wasn't really like that as a child, but like the kid who gets to go to a different realm and he's riding the flying dog and he's dragging a horse through the tar pit, you know, like that, <laughs> that, that I like that. I, I would just like to put out there that I love both the princess bride and the never ending, never ending story. Loved it. To the point where when my husband played the Lonely Island, uh, Atreyu Falcor thing, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I immediately hated it because <laughs> it took something that I loved from my childhood and made it dirty. Fair. Fair. Yeah. You're like, how dare you? Yeah. The absolute audacity. Mm-hmm. All right. So I will give... I'm going to give the movie a six out of ten. Okay. There was nothing about the movie that I hated at all. I was like, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. And the funny parts are the ones that I already knew. I'm trying to think, was there anything that came up where I was like, ha 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 ha. Oh, the, the boo that's in the book at the end. We're like, boo, her nightmare. Um, yeah. I've seen that a lot. But it, again, I actually didn't know that was from this movie until we watched it. Yeah. Because I do like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> I like the names that she calls her. And yeah. I would have to actually look up what those are. And when yeah. we got to, when I got to that part in the book, I'm like, those are such good names. I need to save them. Yeah, they are that. Yes, there's nothing. Such good in insults. This, nothing in this movie that I hated. There's nothing like, ugh, ugh, or, or bored. I was never bored during it. It's a good movie that I would put on, like, if I just don't know what to watch and I put on background noise and sit there and read my book, I would do that. So I will give it a six out of 10. And um, please don't hate me. I don't. I love you. I think you're judging me just a little bit. No, I love you. And I think that you are 100% entitled to your opinion. Thank and you. Thank you. I also appreciate your viewing the movie as looking at it for what it is mm -hmm. there's nothing deep about it no and i kind of felt like going into it, i was like this is gonna be what an 80s movie is gonna be yep and it was exactly that i went in like monty python mel brooks i'm like give it to me and they did and i was like satisfied yep All right, so we, this is the part where we're like, do we read, watch, or DNF? I kind of spoiled it because I said I DNF the book. Yeah. And I did. I don't, and I've tried to think, like, is it because I've just been so busy and we have so many other things going on and I've been distracted and it really never caught my interest? Like, is this like a, a DNF for now? But then I think, when would I pick this book up and try it? Because... I still don't know if I'm supposed to read that shit in the beginning. <laughs> so I say the book is is cute. Like if I think if you're part of that cultish 
Princess Bride, Ride or Die, just go ahead and read the book because you're you're gonna love it like all the rest of them. Um, if you are not Ride or Die, Princess Bride, just don't. Please don't. You, it's not. You're not gonna like it. Just walk away. What about the movie? I would say watch the movie. Or absolutely. I think the movie does what the book was trying to do. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. I personally say either or both. It doesn't matter. You're going to get slightly different experiences with either of them. And uh, you're just going to have to invest more time in the book. Uh, uh-huh. So caveat to that, I read mm-hmm. the 30th anniversary and there are portions of the printing that I did not read everything that came after uh the oh, part there's like in the, the movie yeah the baby like or something buttercup's baby or something yeah, i don't know yeah. and then they go into this whole thing about uh i think it's inigo dying or fezic dying i don't know why, i really why don't are they dying? why are they dying i don't know because they got old i really I don't like they don't need to die <laughs> i skipped all of that at the end i just read the part that had to do with the movie and uh yeah i mean honestly if you have to pick one or the other i just say watch it yeah i'd say watch the movie yeah the movie is a classic cult classic whatever you want to call it because it is it it speaks to a large group of people i think this is like the adventure version of you know rocky horror picture show it, it's just yes it's it's one of those like it's just so out there it's different and it's it's doing exactly what it went out there to do and it's not trying to be anything that it isn't so so much respect he's clearly a better screenwriter than a author but that's okay that's okay mm-hmm That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I mean, if you can do us a solid and like and review or rate something, like if you interact with our podcast, it helps us. Um, For anyone that's listening, I don't think there's any of you out there, so it's okay. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Our links are in our podcast page. You can find them there. You can also find us on Twitter. Now there's a lot of places you can find us. Still Instagram, uh, Facebook, we hate it. We have our company now. You can look us up on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads. They're all there. It's BDA Publishing. Look us up. It's our company. Go to our site, bdapublishing.com, and all of our socials are up there. Also, if I'm the one that's on Read, Watch, or DNF Twitter, you can reach out directly to me. Tag me. It's me. Always me. Jackie is just, she has her own account and I tag her when I need her. Um, but I also now have my Instagram and my TikTok up and it's mcbell, M-C-B-E-L-L underscore rights. All right. Now, we put this off long enough. What are we going to be doing next, Jackie? Do we have to? Yes. <sighs> Fifty Shades. Yeah. It's about that time. Last year in around June-ish, I think, we did Twilight reread, rewatch. So this will be a 50 Shades of Grey. So Twilight fanfic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to do the reread and rewatch. We will probably do an episode every other week um, because we just have a lot of stuff going on right now and keeping up with the weekly schedule is just really not doable and we don't want to lie to you guys. 
Uh, so we'll we'll let you know in advance, but probably in about two weeks, we will have that episode out. But that means I actually have to read it again. Yeah. Gross. So I think we'll do this just like we did Twilight, where we will maybe binge watch them all and then start mm-hmm. reading. So like, <laughs> like we did with Twilight, because we've read them and we watched them, so we don't need to flip a coin this time. Yeah. Oh, all right, guys, that is it. You know where the links are. We'll see you next time. Remember, check out our new website, bdapublishing.com. So until then, bye. Bye.